Several times this morning already we've talked about prayer and we've prayed and Mike's shared the idea that uh, you know prayer is also the songs that we sing. And as I look back over the years, I don't know that we've ever taken an extended time as a church to really talk about prayer uh, as, a, as a topic, as a theme. We know it's very, very important, right? It's an important aspect of our relationship with God, of our spiritual journey. We know it's important from the Scripture. There are over 650 prayers written in the Scriptures. I counted them this week. No, I didn't. Somebody did, though. 450 answers to prayer recorded in the Scripture. 41 times Paul talks about prayer or writes down his own prayers. And 25 times we see Jesus praying that were recorded in the Gospels. So we know it's really, really important. But if you're anything like me, I would have to say this is an area of my spiritual life that I've often really struggled with on a number of different fronts. And maybe if you're like me, you can relate to some of the things that I'm about to share. One is, for me, oftentimes there's been a dissatisfaction with my own prayer life. You know, I've had the prayer list And I try to go down through my list, and about halfway through, my mind goes on to something else, and I find, like, golly, I just can't even really get this thing done. I found sometimes even prayer at church to be uh, quite dissatisfying. Uh, Sitting in groups of people and praying, and it seems like the only thing we ever talk to God about are physical ailments of people that I don't know, and it just leaves me kind of feeling, there's got to be something more here. Or, as uh, was true, as when I was growing up, uh, people would talk normally, and then they'd say, well, let's pray to start the meeting, and then somebody would lead in prayer in a voice that was so other than their normal voice, their prayer voice, as if somehow we had to talk to God differently. And I could only imagine God sitting up there going, what happened to that guy, <laughs> you know? A minute ago, he was just talking normally, and now he seems to be somebody else. Along with that dissatisfaction, there's uh, sometimes confusion for me about prayer. For example, uh, we're told by Jesus the story of the persistent widow, right, who needed justice. And she knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked on the door of the judge until finally he answered and Jesus says, you know, that's how you need to uh, approach me, right, with that kind of tenacity. And then on the, the other hand, Jesus says, hey, let your words be few because the Father already knows what you need before you even ask. I'm like, which is it now, okay? Or maybe it's both. And finally, because of those things, I think oftentimes for me there's been a sense of guilt. Uh, I feel guilty that I, I'm not better at this. Like I, I just haven't really figured this out perhaps, and I've known Jesus for many, many years, and so maybe there's some guilt mixed in with that as well. Maybe you can relate to that. So that's why we want to talk about it. I would say mixed in with those uh, sort of questions and unsettledness, there is also these moments right, where we have just really experienced God in a fresh way, we felt that he's heard us, and, and, it, and it 
is something that matters in that moment. And that's what continues to pull us back, to want to know how to do this. So over the next three weeks, we're going to sort of unpack various aspects of prayer, of talking with God. But today we want to just lay a foundation, and I'd like us to think about prayer as sort of like a gift from God, like a, like a diamond or a precious jewel. And it has, uh, like, a, like a diamond, it has multiple facets. And to really appreciate it, you need to see it for what it is. You need to think about it rightly and see it rightly. And so we want to help, hopefully this morning, look at the various facets of, of a prayer and, and begin to just see it and understand it in a right sort of way. So then we can unpack some of the things that flow out of that. To do that, we're going to look at a number of scriptures, and we're going to put them on the screen again because uh, there isn't really one passage. There's just prayers all over in the scripture. So to look at the various facets, we're going to do this, and I'd encourage you to jot some notes down so that you can remember these seven different facets of prayer that uh, help us see it for what it is. I want to start with these verses from Psalm. Psalm 105, verse 4. The whole beginning of this psalm is about talking to God, sing to God, praise God, delight in God, seek God. And this is what it says. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. And also in Psalm 27, 8, David said this. When you said, he's speaking of God, when God said, seek my face. My heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. Here's the first facet of prayer that we have and been given an invitation by the creator of the universe to be in communication with him, to talk with him. Again and again and again, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the way through, God's saying, call to me, talk to me, and I will answer you, and I'll show you things. There's an invitation from the God who holds the entire universe together and knows all things, who's all-knowledgeable, all-powerful. There's an invitation from this God to be in communication, to talk with him. And that's a, just a really, really profound thing. He's so other than us, and yet he invites us to speak to him, to seek after him, to be in communication with him. But the second piece of that, and it's in those verses, is he says, seek my face. Seek my face continually. In Hebrew, the word for face means the presence or person. So this is a very important uh, facet of prayer, that it's an invitation not just to communicate with God, but to communicate God with God in a relation-building way, to seek his person and his presence, not just his hands, right? Not just what can you give for me. God is not a vending machine, right? I plunk in prayer and out comes treats. That's how oftentimes we have thought about prayer. I pray, then God gives. And I'm just asking and asking and asking and asking. But God says, come and seek my face. Come and seek relationship with me. 
You'll recall that Abraham was called a friend of God's. Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. Call you friends. God's inviting us to communicate with him, to dialogue with him as with a very, very close personal friend and to deepen that relationship through our communication with him. This is to be a deepening, growing friendship and understanding of who God is and his understanding and basically doing life together with a good, close, respected friend. We need to make sure that we actually see prayer not as duty or formality, right? Not with the, the fear of, you know, God is so holy and so other than that I, I, I have to speak to him in, a, in, in a, just a certain for, formal sort of rigid way. But it's an invitation by God to be in constant communication with him as a, as a friend, as a, as a person who's becoming a deeper and closer friend of God. So it is highly relational like a close friend. In fact, Proverbs says God is like a, a, a person who's closer than a brother. Friend who's closer than a brother. A marriage would be another picture of the relationship with God, right? There's a covenant, ongoing, permanent relationship there of, of love and giving and receiving and communication. Or as God's invited us to speak to him and call him and address him as father, there's a familial relationship, right? An intimacy of family. And that's what prayer is first and foremost about. It's connecting relationally with God. So here's a third facet and an important one. We have, as followers of Jesus, unlimited access to the presence of God. This was a... uh, major theme, right, in the book of Hebrews, that we, because of what Jesus has done for us, he opened up a new and living way so that we don't have to go through someone else, right? You don't have to go through a priest or someone else who communicates to God for you, but now you and I, all followers of Jesus, right, have unlimited access directly to the throne of God, to the presence of God. Not just pastors, okay? Somehow I think there's a little leftover from the old covenant that we drag into even our church sometimes that people think, you know, if the pastor prays for me, that's got to really have some special weight with God, right? I mean, the holy man praying has got to be better than just me praying. And I'm just telling you there's no difference. God sees and hears your prayer. Your conversation with him is no more, uh, no different, no less than my conversation, Brian's conversation. We all have equal and unlimited access to the very presence of God anytime, anywhere. He's available. Super important for us to understand that it's not like prayer is this thing that we do at certain times, right? We're over here and, and it, it, we do it at church or we do it in a, a special, you know, just a certain times of the day. But prayer is unlimited access to the presence of God. Here's the fourth asset or uh, facet that we need to, 
to, to understand if we're going to really dive deeper into this. And that is that God sees and hears and cares and answers when we talk to him. Look at these verses, a number of scriptures. I mean, you could, you know, we could uh, spend the next hour just talking about all the, the scriptures, but here's what Psalm 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, right? There's a, there's a waiting and a li- being in the presence of God, and he inclined to me and he answered me. He heard my cry. Or this from Psalm 34, repeatedly in Psalm 34, the psalmist says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered for me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Or Psalm 91, verse 15, I will, He will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and will rescue him and honor him. You see, again and again and again, God's saying, He hears, He cares, He's listening. And finally, in in Hebrews, we go back to that. For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, with our struggle, but one who has been tempted in all things, even as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Very important, because if we don't think God's listening or that he hears, or that he cares, then we won't talk to him. (laughs) We don't talk to people that we don't think are going to listen or care, right? We know when somebody says, hey, how you doing? We know whether that's a sincere question (laughs) that invites a conversation or it's just a perfunctory sort of thing. But we have to believe and understand that God sees and he hears and he cares and he answers. He's listening. He's waiting for us to enter into conversation with him. That's super important for us to understand. I think the challenge for us, and we're going to talk about this extensively next week. The question is, we know God is listening, but the question is, are we listening to God in prayer? Right? I mean, if you have a relationship, a close friendship, and one person does all the talking, pretty soon you're like, eh, I don't think so, right? I wonder if God sometimes feels like, hey, you know what? You keep coming to me and telling me your stuff and your story and all the things that are happening in your life. When was the last time you asked me a question like, hey, God, what's on your heart? What's on your mind? What's important to you? What do I need to learn and hear from you today? I think that was kind of the point with Job, wasn't it? I mean, Job had this horrible uh, downfall in his life, and all the good things were taken away, and uh, he has these three worthless friends, and they all get together, and they commiserate, and then they pour out their complaint before God again and again. I mean, there's multiple, dozens of chapters of pouring out their complaint. Finally, says God, God says, Job, enough now. Well, I need you to be quiet and listen. Listen. We're going to talk about that next week, listening to God in prayer. That's worth some extra time and attention. Here's the fifth facet. This relational conversation that God invites us into is exactly what our souls most 
long for. This uh, is David in Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. He says, As the deer pants for the water, brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. When shall I come and appear before God? There's something in us. We were created, right, like Adam and Eve, to walk with God, to talk with God, to do life together with God. And nothing else will satisfy that longing that's deep within us for a deep, rich connection to God, made possible to us by the work of Jesus. But we oftentimes misidentify that hunger and think it's something else, don't we? Sometimes we think, you know, there's something missing in my life, and so... Maybe if I go out and buy some things, right, that'll make me, that'll fill the void inside, right? Sometimes we actually feel the hunger of our soul and we mistake it for physical hunger. And we go to the refrigerator, right? And then we go, ah, that wasn't it. There is a longing, a hunger in our soul. And so this deep relationship with God, this ongoing conversation with God and doing life together with God is what will satisfy. Us. It'll quench our thirst and our hunger. That's why it's so important that we learn and understand what this is supposed to look like. Here's the sixth facet. He invites us to keep the conversation going continually. Notice these verses. Ephesians 6.18 says, With all prayer and petition, it should say, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And then in First uh, Thessalonians, it says, pray without ceasing, right? This is a, to be some kind of a, an ongoing, continual conversation that we have with God, and that can be very confusing. Like, how do I do that and continue to do all the rest of the things I do in life? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But God wants us to be an ongoing perpetual conversation with him. That's the essence of prayer. It's not, a, it's not a thing you do and then you go on from it. It's this ongoing conversation, day in and day out, right? Moment by moment, throughout the day, weeks, months, years. And finally, the sort of seventh facet of this diamond is that he invites us to talk with him about everything. Right? There's nothing that's off limits to have a conversation with God about. He invites us to talk about everything, right? Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Don't be anxious for anything, but instead pray about everything. Talk to God about everything. Everything that is happening in your life, that's happening in the world, matters to God. Ryan Harmon shared this uh, definition of prayer from Dallas Willard, which I really, really love. Prayer is talking to God about what we are doing together. Prayer is talking to God about what we're doing together. And here's the reality for us who know Jesus, right? That because now we know Jesus, he came to give us his spirit, his spirit dwells within us, so that everywhere we go and whatever we do, God goes with us, right? He is there. He is present. And so everything we do matters to God. And he invites us to talk to him about everything we're doing because he's there and in it with us. So there's nothing off limits. Talk to God about everything. The good things, the bad things. There's praise. There's thanksgiving. There's 
rejoicing, there's sorrow, there's tears, there's all the things. Talk about life together with God, all of it. And all of those things together help us understand that this is uh, an invitation by God into, re- into conversation and into a relationship-deepening conversation. And that we can talk to Him about everything, and that He cares, it matters to Him. We have unlimited access, day and night. And this should be as natural for us to be in this kind of relational dynamic and conversation with God as it is with our very best friend, or our spouse, or a dearly loved family member. That's what God wants for us when it comes to prayer, to talk with Him. So here's, I think, a summation for me, at least, of sort of the way we ought to look at prayer. That God wants us to have an awareness of His presence resulting in a continuous, ever-deepening conversation with Him about everything. Let me say that again. An awareness of God's presence resulting in a continuous, ever-deepening conversation with Him about everything. I think that's what God's heart is. He is here, he is with us, and he invites us to talk with him about everything. So the question is, what does that look like? And we want to just share for a few minutes this morning some of the things that are, might be helpful in terms of how you would deepen that relationship with God like you would deepen any other relationship. And I think it's important that we would see parallels between our deepest, closest human relationships and how we might relate to God. So there's three different kinds of communication that we have with the people that are closest to us, right? One is there are scheduled, regularly times of connection, of, of, of talking together. Whether that's as a husband or a wife or a friend, you set up specific times, and, and you, you want to have those times. You want to have specific times where you connect and you talk and, and uh, you share. And that those things need to be somewhat regular and consistent, right? Or you lose touch. So I think it's very important that on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, we have certain rhythms and patterns like we set aside time to have conversation with God. Uh, coming to church on Sunday, being in a small group, these are designated times where we have connection, right, with God. We pray, we talk, we share with others and with God. But on a daily basis, do you have a routine and a a time on a regular basis where you just say, I'm going to have some time to talk and communicate with God? We saw a couple of weeks ago that Daniel, three times a day, stopped everything he was doing and just reconnected with God. There's an ancient practice called the daily office that talks about that morning, noon, and night. Just setting aside a few minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, just to stop and connect and talk with God. I actually have written that into my calendar. I don't always do it, but it's there as a reminder. Stop, talk, connect. My wife and I have to do that on a daily basis. We get up in the morning and we sit in our favorite little chairs together in front of the fireplace. And, and, you know, sometimes we're just quiet there and we're reading or whatever, but we talk. We talk about the day. We talk through things. There's a regularly scheduled time to do that. 
Uh, I have uh, 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 several other kinds of things that I do that that is helpful in that regard. One of the things that I have is a I have a large yawn yard. It's about an a, almost an acre, and I have a push mower. And people say, "Why do you have a push mower? Why don't you you know Why don't you uh, get a riding mower?" And I say, "Well, first of all, I love being outside in nature, and I get to spend two and a half hours now this spring. You know, three times a week." I'm really having time with God. I love being out there, but I need the exercise. I get two and a half hours of exercise, free, free of charge. But this is a place where I talk to God. I'm sure my wife and kids look out of the window sometimes and say, who's he talking to? I actually have different places in my lawn where certain, repetitively, the same people come to mind and I talk to God about them. It's kind of weird. Some of you get prayed for underneath this tree that I mow under. But there's a regular schedule to that. When I, when I exercise or walk, you know, I'm not listening to music. I'm using that time to talk with God. There's times just set aside where I intentionally have time to talk to God. So that's one element, regularly scheduled times of conversation. The second, though, is spontaneous, spur-of-the-moment, quick touch-base kind of conversations, right? This is what we do. Now we can do it with technology. We used to not be able to do this now with each other, but now we got text, we got Instagram, we got phones, and they're with us all the time. And so we can just, hey, hey, I'm thinking of you. Hey, how's it going? Hey, do you need anything from the store? I mean, we just know this kind of touch base, make a connection. How are you doing today? How did the test go to our kids in school? But because we have unlimited access to God, we have that opportunity throughout the day, in between things, right? As we go, I try to have this practice of every time before I have another meeting, I just take a minute before I go into the next meeting and say, okay, God, I'm going to another meeting, what do you want for this? When I drive from one appointment to the next, I don't have music on that's, you know, has words to it. I'll sometimes play instrumental music, but I use that time to say, okay, God, what do I need to do for the next thing here? How do I enter into this thing with the right perspective? touching base throughout the day. Sometimes it's just a spur-of-the-moment need that comes up and you're saying, God, I need you right here. I'm reminded of Nehemiah, you know, prayed. He had this time where he's praying intentionally and all of a sudden the king says, what can I do for you? And he's like, Lord, help. I don't, I, I, this is the moment I've been praying for, but I don't know what to say. And he just made a quick prayer to God. God, help me. So that's a part of our routine. And finally, I would suggest that to have a really deep, close, personal relationship, whether that's with your spouse or a very close friend, there needs to be extended times where the two of you just get alone together for an extended period of time, right? I don't know, sometimes that's a day, sometimes that's a week, sometimes that's a couple of days, but I find myself, because of a need for refreshment, for major life decisions that are right in front of me, or maybe just a, a, a refreshment that I need, that I need to go and have special time set aside with God, extended time. Jesus did that, didn't he? In fact, before every major movement of Jesus' ministry, he went off it to spend extended time with the Father, talking with the Father. So all three of those things are things that we ought to sort of incorporate into our prayer life, right? Regularly scheduled times, spontaneous spur-of-the-moment conversation, and then extended times where we get away with God. Find a special place that you and God just share together. Maybe it's in the mountains, maybe it's by a lake, by a stream, maybe it's in a favorite chair in a favorite room, but where you go, you just can spend extended time with God. 
talking and listening. Now here's a, just a couple of things. There's uh, a lot of different postures that people have taken in prayer. The, the scripture talks about standing and sitting and kneeling and laying prostrate on your face before God, right? And uh, prayer can be uh, come out of us in many different ways. It can be sung. It can we. They're shouting, right? Do you ever shouted at God? Come on, now you have, right? There's talking. There's silence. There's many different ways that we can communicate with God and talk with Him. There's not a particular posture. In fact, the only a posture that you don't see in the scriptures at all is close your eyes and bow your head, okay? Some Baptist preacher invented that when he was doing an altar call. And now we think that's how you should pray. Close your eyes, bow your head. It's like, no, most of the time in the scriptures, people were raised their eyes up into heaven and lifted their hands and had a conversation with God. Many different postures and ways. Speak out loud. I, I find myself where I was so distracted, right, by doing silent prayer in my own head that for me to speak the prayer out loud was very, very helpful. Or to write down what I'm praying. My journal is full of prayers that I've written. I mean, I've had some long, hard conversations with God in that journal. But for me, that's very, very helpful, right, to write out the prayer. I can articulate what I'm feeling and thinking, and then I can listen and write down what I feel like he's saying back to me through Scripture and promptings. Praying with someone else is often helpful, right? So you have to find that rhythm and balance, but find a way that you can stay in communication with God and talk with God on an ongoing basis. Get out of the rut (laughs) that you're in. God has an incredible invitation waiting for us. Now, in closing, I want to just mention two quick hindrances to dialogue, okay? One is, one hindrance to our having a deep communication with God is unresolved offenses, right? This is no different than with any other friend. If you offend somebody, if you do something to hurt someone else, a close friend, a family member, and then you just pretend like that never happened and you just go on, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, We have to resolve something before we can go back and resume our deep relationship. The scripture talks about that. If we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord's not going to hear us. So we have to do some confession, right? If we confess our sins, if we acknowledge our sins, our offenses against God, then he forgives us and he cleanses us and we can be back in good communication with him. But that's a very important thing. We will be hindered in our prayers. In fact, Peter said, Husbands, if you don't treat your wives with honor, your prayers are going to be hindered. Whoa. That's offensive to God. So we have to deal with those offenses. We have to confess those things. We have to say, God, I have offended you. I want a relationship with you. I want to restore dialogue with you. The second hindrance that I want to mention in closing is what we've already talked about, and that is if you only come to God with requests, you ask and you ask and you ask. You know, we've all had two-year-olds, and the only thing they want is something, right? Can I have a cookie? Can I go outside? Can I, you know, can I, can I, can I, can I? And after a while, you're like, just stop, right? Nobody wants to have the friend that the only thing they do is ask you for things, right? Right? 
So if all we do is see God as a vending machine, we plunk in a prayer and he gives out an answer, then we're not going to have the kind of relationship and conversation and dialogue with God, a deepening personal relational conversation with God that he desires and what we need. It's got to be more than asking. It's got to be listening. And then we have to align ourselves and ask in the right sort of way, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. So for this morning as we close, I just want to help you say, what is it that, do you see this rightly? Do you see it biblically? Are you thinking about prayer in the right sort of way? That it's a relational, ongoing conversation with the God of the universe who invites you to be his friend, and he wants you to talk with him about everything. Are you aware that he's listening and he cares? And you're already entering into that, to experience that through regularly scheduled times, through spontaneity, and then through extended times with him where you just get away and spend you and he spend time together. Sometimes we think, you know, I can't stop. I can't take that kind of time. You and I can't afford not to take that time. We'll frail, uh, we'll uh, flail around in life trying to make it all happen ourselves when God says, hey, if you just take some time, And be still and talk to me. I'm going to do this together with you. And I'll give you what you need, but it's found in my presence. Together. We're going to take a few minutes uh, through communion this morning just to linger in God's presence this morning. Mike's going to lead us. Hopefully this will be a time where you can practice just communicating with God even as we're here together this morning. Father, thank you for the invitation into your presence to have an ongoing dialogue with you. Thank you that you are very much present and aware of what's happening in our life, and I pray that we'd have the same awareness of what you're up to. Lord, I pray that we would grow and deepen in this conversational, relational connection with you so that that moment when we pass from this life into the next, we're not going to come face to face with a stranger, but with our very best friend. This we pray in Jesus' name.